What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift Podcast. I am your host, Peter Widdham. You can find me at peterwidham.com, and you can find this podcast with all of the archives over at compileswift.com. In this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about getting ready for those new OS versions and potential new hardware, but I'm going to specifically talk about software in this one. We are reaching the fall, and we are expecting Apple to drop the final versions of all of their new operating systems. I'm hearing that maybe this year we don't get them all at the same time like we do every year previously, and that is a new thing, I think, for Apple. But I'm not necessarily against it. I like to stagger out my updates and upgrades to all of my various devices And I think it's a good thing because it gives me time to evaluate that everything's fine and not have to deal with a massive problem of all of my devices having issues on the same day. That's just my two cents, but that's how I approach it, regardless of whether they're all released on the same day or not. So I think that it helps. And I think that it's actually probably a good thing if Apple thinks that some of the versions are not ready to ship yet. I'm glad they're not shipping them as opposed to the pressure of putting them out there. That's just my two cents on it. That's my thoughts. So, talking of the new OLSs, I think it is time for me to go over something that I've covered before, which is how I plan my rollout and update, upgrade, whatever you want to call it, strategy for dealing with this that always works out well for me. Your experience may vary if you try it this way, but... I want to share it again and give you some thoughts on what I think is a good strategy. Firstly, let's talk about devices, right? So let's talk about the iPhones, the iPads in particular, since these ones are easy to back up. Back up those devices and make sure that you add password protection to those backups. Now, the reason for that, if you password protect the backup, it will actually back up the keychains for you and all of your logins. So all of those apps and everywhere that you're logged into, it will back up those details as well. Now, the reason for that is if you don't do that and you back it all up, that's fine. It's going to reinstall everything as it was, but you're going to have to log back into all of those apps. And that is an absolute nightmare. So save yourself the trouble, right? Make sure that you encrypt that backup And then that way that when you do a restore, it is literally like cloning your device. It is going to restore it back to where it was with the logins and everything else. So think about that. Let's now talk about the Mac. Now, the Mac is slightly more complicated, of course, and no surprise there because it's a lot more to deal with. But here's my strategy that has worked out for me before. And I have implemented, if you paid attention to previous episodes, I've had to go back and use these backups and this strategy to restore my systems, and it proved to me that it at least worked for me. So first of all, we all know this, right? Make more than one backup. Trusting one backup is as good as not having any at all. That's just my opinion. I've had backups before, and in particular, Time Machine. Time Machine is a great way to do backups, but the problem is... I've found plenty of horror stories, including myself, where that time machine backup, for whatever reason, will not restore and will not work. And there you're in trouble. You trusted this backup system and and you had a problem. Now, of course, you're not going to know this until it's too late. With any of these methods I'm going to mention here, 
any single one of them. You're not going to know until it's too late, unless you try restoring that backup after you've made it. That is something you should consider. Because what's the point in having something without knowing if it's any good for an emergency until the emergency hits? I'm just saying. Just think about it that way. Secondly, I make a clone to an external drive. Now, my app of choice on that is Carbon Copy Cloner. I really like it. And there are plenty of apps out there to do this. But make a clone of your internal Mac drive to an external drive. And make sure it bootable. I absolutely recommend that after you have made that backup, you go back and try booting from it because it is not as easy to boot from external drives as it used to be back in previous versions of Mac OS. And in particular, if you are on the M1 hardware, it was a lot easier to do this with Intel chips. And now you have to jump through a few hoops sometimes to make sure that backup is bootable. So check it test it after you have made it but that's number two make a second backup that way i want to tell you about DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is a hosting company that i use for a lot of my projects and i'm going to tell you rather than just the usual thing that you hear on adverts i'm going to tell you exactly how i use it it is so simple to set up you just log in and i can set up very quickly with a few clicks whatever kind of instance i need on a server with whatever os or pre-installed apps i'm going to give you a perfect example here it is so easy to set up Swift on the server-side Vapor, and I did that recently, and it, it was painless. You know, I went in there, and I set it up, and before you knew it, my Swift app, I was bouncing off the APIs that I had created on the server-side and testing everything that I needed to be tested. But you don't have to use it for projects just like that. You can really use it to host anything you want for any length of time because you're really only paying for the resources as you use them. You're not paying ahead. And they have 14 globally distributed data centers and 99.99% uptime. I'll put a link in the show notes, but you can go to peterweedham.com forward slash D-O-C-E-A-N. That's D-Ocean. And that'll give you some free credits to get started with. And then finally, I also have a, another external drive with a clean bootable version of whatever the current Mac OS is, right? In this case, Monterey. So that if all else fails, I have a way to boot my machine with a working operating system to figure out my other issues and resolve them or to start over. But either way, I have a way to boot my machine when the absolute worst happens and my other backups fail. This is my way of dealing with a real emergency situation of, oh crap, everything else failed. What am I going to do? Okay. So yes, three backups. That is my plan. And that is what I always, the strategy that I use. And it has worked out for me in the past. Like I say, I've not had a problem with any carbon copy external drives that I've made that way. I check them immediately after I've made them, but I have certainly had problems with time machine. I love time machine, but I would not trust it as my singular emergency backup restore method. Just saying, that's just my two cents on this. I know other folks that it's happened to as well. So make sure you do them that way because, like I say, we're all excited and we're all rushing and we take these new versions and say to ourselves, great, I want to put them on there. And I've been using the betas and the betas have been fine for me. We've all been there too. 
We've all had those versions of the betas that worked fantastically well, and then versions of the betas that didn't work well. I have also experienced this with final versions, and I know other folks have as well. There may be something in the final version that is going to cause you trouble. And you can't just assume that the final version's all good, because if that was the case, they'd never have to release an update. And let's be honest, the Apple ecosystem of hardware is so crazily complicated these days that with all the best will in the world, we all know this as developers, you can test as much and as thoroughly as you want to and try to. There's always going to be some configuration that it's just not going to work for. Don't be that person. Don't be the one that has that configuration that it's going to mess up. So be very careful. Ask yourself, do I need to upgrade right now? For some of you, maybe you do for particular reasons, right? As developers, we certainly have to test all of our stuff against the new versions of operating systems, regardless of platform, when they come out, because that's what we need to do. That is part of what we should be expected to do for the stuff that we make. But do you need to just on something that you use on a daily basis, right? So for example, I don't always upgrade my iPhone on the day it comes out, but I'm happy to upgrade my iPad because at the end of the day, I need my iPhone to work all the time for me, it, especially in a world where so many of us, and me talking about myself here, work remotely. I got to have a way, an absolute fail-safe way to communicate with folks when I need to in a pinch. And that's my iPhone. My iPhone is my backup to my Mac that I use for communicating with folks. The iPad, not so much. If I install a new operating system on my iPad and it goes wrong, okay, I got time to fix that. It's not the end of the world for me. And so my iPad is always the first thing I do. My Mac is the second thing I do because I have these backups that I know I can work from. And then lastly is my iPhone and of course the watch that traditionally you have to do after you've upgraded your iPhone anyway. That's just how I approach these things. I want to put this out there just as a reminder for you all to stop and think about this and take a deep breath before you dive in. It seems okay on the surface, right? We say, I'm a developer and I can fix this stuff if it happens. I have no doubt. What you've got to ask yourself is, do I have the time to do that? Or am I on a crunch of a deadline? Do I, how much downtime am I going to have? Can I afford to have that amount of downtime? So think about this. Plan your updates and upgrades. And always have backups is my first advice. But secondly, back everything up before you do this and make sure those backups work. So I just want to put that out there for this episode. I hope it's been helpful. Like I say, take your time, make sure you do it right. That's just my tips and suggestions on that. With that, I'll see you in the next episode, which will be after the Apple hardware event. I am sure there will be things for us to talk about. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me at Compile Swift on any of the networks, compileswift.com. I have just rebuilt the website where all the blog posts are back, all the archives are back. Everything is there. Please dive in. Hope, I hope it's helpful and useful to you. To me, it seems a lot faster and it's a lot more mobile friendly. So I hope that helps. Of course, we also have the live streams. I love it when the folks drop by the live streams. You go to compileswift.com forward slash live stream and you will see it there. And of course, forward slash podcast for the podcast. If this has been helpful, 
I'd love a review or a rating. It really, I know you hear a lot of podcasters say this, but it's true. It really, truly does help us out. And to all of you that have put the ratings and the reviews out there, thank you so much. It means the world to me that you took the time and the trouble. With it, with that, that's it. I will see you in the next one. Thank you.